you really are learning as you go with everything. And even little babies I've seen in my children as they've grown, they make one step and it's not necessarily the right direction. So they correct themselves. So I think that that's something that we as adults think that we need to just be able to succeed right off the bat. And if if we start something and we're not immediately profitable, then that means that we're not going to be successful or ever be profitable. And that's just not true. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this week's episode, I speak with Jen, who is an author, remote photographer, and educator. Jen was a former elementary school teacher who left her teaching job to become a full-time photographer after she saw crazy success in her business and found joy in calling the shots. She has also written a book, earned six figures, and managed a team of photographers, all while raising her children. So listen on to find out how Jen was able to create a successful remote photography career career and team as a mompreneur. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to be with my guest today with Jennifer. Hey Jen, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Debbie. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. If you can just give us a little more backstory about you and why you live an offbeat life, that would be awesome. Yeah, girl. So I am a mom of three. I'm happily married and we live in a little cookie cutter house in a suburb sort of outside of Houston, which all might sound very generic (laughs) upon first hearing it. But I do feel like we have made an extra effort to just live life slightly different in the fact that We've taken all of our kids traveling out of the country multiple times since they were itty-bitty. And one of my good friends the other day at coffee said that I was a mompreneur. And I guess that that is a decent explanation of what I do because a lot of what I do is just online helping people get to where they can build lives that are online and profitable and We just tend to do things at a different pace, just against the grain from the rest of the world. And that did not happen overnight. It took a little while for me to realize that I did not have to look at what the world was doing in order to decide what I was going to be doing, that I could truly create my own paths for myself that worked for me. And if I saw something working, then I stuck with it regardless of what everyone else in the world said I was supposed to be doing. So I really took kind of a bunch of different leaps and steps in my life that propelled me to where I am today. And I'd like to say that I just got lucky in making those steps, but I truly think that there was strategy behind it. And I think that 
getting to where I am today, having a profitable business, working from home, sometimes in my closet, I'll be real honest, because three kids don't often give me quiet. (laughs) (laughs) But I have just built this business that has given us the opportunity to be all over the place in the world and meet all different types of amazing people. That is definitely what most of us aspire to do. But I also (laughs) read on your bio, Jen, that you used to be a teacher, right? Before you became a mompreneur. How did you transition from being a teacher and actually leaving that? Because most people will think, okay, Jen, you're kind of crazy. That's a stable job. And you have kids. Why on earth did you go from a stable job and then transition to entrepreneurs? And that's a really hard thing for a lot of people. Yes. So that's a leap. That's one of the that's one of the leaps I was talking about. That was a big step. And to be honest, so I started teaching. I went to school for elementary education. So if you can imagine, I did not take one single business class. I did not take a finance class. I did not really take anything that would help me in the world outside of hanging out with seven-year-olds. So when I decided to do a full-time business in photography, at that time it was photography, I really, in my opinion, I did not think that I was doing anything too abnormal because it was a passion. It was something that I knew I could do. I loved photography. I loved taking pictures. And yeah, the business end of it was daunting, but I just kind of assumed I had enough confidence in my abilities as a teacher and just my abilities, period, that I could do the business side of it. And I think that that's where a lot of us kind of get hung up. We think I'm doing something safe. I'm doing something that's fine. I don't think I could make this leap. But you skip the part where you look at that you are capable of doing something really well and something really amazing. And taking a leap and a transition just means that you have a little bit of a learning period. And if, I mean, if you're a capable person, you just got to build the confidence to switch the gears. Yeah. And it's a really scary thing to be able to do that. And kudos to you and to a lot of people listening to this who are super scared because especially right now when things are so uncertain for so many of us that can really be a make it or break it type thing, especially if you don't have any choice. Now, you mentioned this a little bit. You didn't have a business background. You know, many of us who start this, you know, we're all kind of some sort of crazy, but (laughs) that's one of the things that's beautiful about us. How did you learn how to run a business without knowing pretty much a lot of things about a business? So I closed my eyes and no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Threw a dart into the air. No, I really, a lot of it was trial and error. And a lot of it was I, so I say I took a leap, but that's a little bit misleading because I was an elementary teacher. So I had summers off. So for a while I worked on photography on the side. So I would just book weddings in the summertime or spring break or just doing things when I knew I had the time to kind of experiment with it. And I actually have a good friend right now who is starting a per photography business. And we've been talking about how do you decide on price point? How do you decide on branding? How do you decide on how many images to deliver? There's so many decisions to make. And honestly, my advice to her was you just start somewhere. You start somewhere and you make tiny adjustments and tweaks as you go. Nobody, nobody in this whole wide world was born ready. 
I know there's people saying, I was born ready for this, but you, you really are learning as you go with everything. And even little babies I've seen in my children as they've grown, they make one step and it's not necessarily the right direction. So they correct themselves. They don't just stand there never walking. You know, they, they try and they fall and they get back up and they try again. So I think that that's something that we as adults think that we need to just be able to succeed right off the bat. And if we start something and we're not immediately profitable, then that means that we're not going to be successful or ever be profitable. And that's just not true. That So I, I did photography in the summers. So then I moved to a new town right here outside of Houston. And we started kind of weighing, I guess, finances and options. I was working probably about 12 hours a day teaching. And I had taken a really large pay cut moving to a smaller town from a large city where I had been in San Antonio. And so we decided that honestly, my fallback would be going to work at Starbucks because I could make more money working at Starbucks than I was (laughs) making as a teacher (laughs) because of the hours that I was putting in and the stress that it was on me. And so that was sort of my I guess you would call it like a safety net, but really like in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm not going to go work at Starbucks. Nothing against working at Starbucks. Like I still would kind of love to work as a barista. I would love to do that (laughs) one day. But in my mind, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to have to have a fallback. Like this is my plan. This will succeed. So I don't know if that really helps with your question, but I definitely made the transition, not just I woke up one day and said, I quit. I'm going to do photography instead. I had been working on this photography business for, I guess, about two years. I had been doing it kind of very, very part-time. I'd been doing it in the summers, kind of been toying around with some different stuff. I had sort of had a makeshift website, some things like that. And so then when I did propel into it full-time, That was where I really invested what I knew had already worked, and I invested my time there. And that was where I saw big profit jumps pretty immediately. I think there's a misconception with a lot of people that you just go ahead, you do it, and then you start succeeding. And in the meantime, they don't understand that there's so much work that goes behind it. I love your analogy with children and learning their first steps and going through so many failures as a child. And it's interesting how when we're adults, we're so afraid of it, right? For some reason, when we fail at something, we just tend to easily give up because we're not used to it. Or maybe it's just because we're so used to doing the same things and we've perfected certain things and we just like that as our comfort zone. So when something is brand new and it's something that we don't know, we tend to shy away from it and it really breaks your spirit in a lot of ways. But yeah, yeah. it's really something to see children and they fail every single day and they just keep going. Can you imagine if a child did that? They're just like, okay, I keep failing this walking thing. I may as well just stop, you know? (laughs) I don't think it's ingrained in them. I think that we are really and truly born with a drive to keep going. And it's not until we get to become adults and we somehow we shift and think like a couple years back after my second child was born, I really wanted to lose weight. And so we joined a gym that had childcare and I started going and 
I came home one day and I told my husband, I was like, I just like, I just can't, I feel so self-conscious. Like everyone's probably looking at me thinking, oh my gosh, that girl, she's like so chubby. She has, you know, why is she wearing those spandex pants? Like she doesn't, you know, like all these things. And he looks at me and he goes, babe, why do you think there's so many mirrors in a gym? Nobody's looking at you. They're all looking at themselves. Like <laughs> They're all trying to get themselves in shape, trying to check their own form. They don't care about you. Like you think they do. And honestly, like I think sometimes we need that gut check to just say, you know what? Sometimes we think, we overthink that people are watching our every move and criticizing us. But to be honest, like they are looking at themselves, making sure they are getting their form, that they are doing what they need to do. And they might side glance over at you and be like, oh, that girl's doing hamstrings a cool way. I'll try that next time. Yeah, we're definitely harsher on ourselves than other people. I think it's like when somebody says one thing bad about you, you tell yourself like 20 or 30 more things. And and then they forget about you after like a minute and you're still like remembering all of that stuff years later and people have already forgotten any of that. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's just, I think that's just something that starts to happen with adulthood. The more we're aware of our surroundings, the more we feel like we have to perform. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. So this is encouragement that- Yeah. Ain't nobody looking at you. Like, do your thing. <laughs> do it your way. Like, and and test the waters. You know, if if taking a step this way creates a little bit of profit, then hey, keep going that way. It doesn't matter what somebody said or something you've read. If some someone says, you know, you should probably do it this way. You should have a mission statement. You should have this. You should charge that. If you, if you kind of make a tweak and you and you feel right doing it and you feel like this is I saw some profit, I saw some change, then keep going in that direction. There's really not a rule book even though we think there is and we've kind of written one. It's like an unwritten rule book. So I just would encourage you to put your blinders on like like a horse, you know, like put your blinders on so you don't look you don't side glance when you shouldn't be or when you should be looking forward. And there are times to turn your head and see how someone else is doing it. But for the most part, honestly, like it's going to be what works for you and your stage and your life. I think it's better to compare yourself to yourself, like Mm -hmm. how you've come up, how you've changed throughout the years, even after a few months. Because if you keep comparing yourself to other people, you're never going to win. Like there's always going to be somebody out there who's doing it better than you or different than you or you just think they're doing it better than you. So I always find that just compete with yourself, not anybody else is so much more helpful. That's a great That's a great life motto. Yeah. So what would you say has been the best strategy that you have used to make sure that your business is profitable? Because as someone like you who is very creative, there's a lot of people who is in that space that feel like, okay, well, you know, I'm doing things that are creative. Everyone has always told me that this doesn't make any money. What do you do in order to make sure that you can actually profit? Well, I think two things come straight to mind from that. And you might think that you're not in a place to hire someone to help you. But 
I would almost promise you, I'm not going to say I 100% promise you because I don't know everybody's circumstances, but I would almost promise you that if you could get together a few extra dollars to hire someone to do the mundane tasks that you're doing throughout the day and you worked on something that only you could do that generated a profit, that was something that needed to be done by you only. That to me, the the day that I came home and just said, I can't do it anymore. I can't keep mailing packages. I can't keep going to standing in line at UPS. I can't keep doing these things that are taken away from what I really should be doing. My husband, he's always been so encouraging. He said, just hire someone, just pay some, just even if it's just like, 10 bucks an hour for three hours a week to go do those things for you and free you up to get that out of your mind and off your plate. And when I finally agreed to that, even though I did not think at all that I deserved to hire someone, that I could financially support hiring someone, I went against all that. And I went ahead and brought someone in to just, I really do think they worked maybe three hours a week. So it's like $30, $30 a week. And what is that, 120 bucks a month? Like that's, you know, that's not a whole lot of money. That is some cash, but it's not a whole lot. But just from that alone, she freed me up to have a mind capacity to work on what I knew was futuristically going to help my business. So I I was able to finally get ahead, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So when I was able to finally get ahead, that was one of the – leaps because I really didn't take any planning or, or anything. I I just asked one of our babysitters, hey, instead of coming and watching my kids, could you come and gather all this stuff up and do this and that and like put stickers on this and, you know, help me in this way? And then that freed me up to think about things that moved the needle. And I, I can go back and look at my finances and I see a spike right there. And so to me, I'm like, okay, that's a no-brainer. If I can empower people in my business to do the things that it doesn't have to be me, Jen Brazil, it doesn't have to be my face, my thoughts, my words. If I can empower them to do it and free me up to do something that only I can do, like such as sitting here talking to you, I can't hire anybody out to do this. But while I'm talking to you, I can hire somebody to, you know, be checking my emails or responding to, you know, to be doing other things in my business. It really is going to provide the abilities to see into the future where you can go, what you can do, and what you need to be doing now to get yourself to that spot and start making a profit. Since now my business is all online, now I have virtual assistants and I have a team virtually that does all of the things virtually that I don't have the capacity to get to. I would definitely have to agree on that because that also changed everything for me once I started hiring somebody and it frees up so much time for you. It's kind of ridiculous how you're able to have so much more time and growing your business and focusing on things that will actually make you 
profit instead of just things that are, like you said, very mundane and you don't really need to be there to be able to do it. So that is such a great tip for for those of you who are thinking about what you can change right now, because it's also really overwhelming when there's so much that you need to do and you're actually not getting to what you need to do. Yeah, that's such a huge stress reliever too. I love that. Yeah. And well, and the second thing, because I said I had two things, and this was while I was still doing photography, I created a non-service-based product. So it was something that I did the work once and then it continued to generate revenue for me. And that's really the second thing that I feel like has made a big difference. And if you can kind of have something that you do up front, you do all the work for, and then you let it kind of run in the background, you do tweaks and you give it some attention and stuff, but you're not constantly working on it. That's another place to give you a little bit of breathing room because you've now created something that is working for you. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely all of that stuff like digital products that you can do just once and it'll just sell itself. You have your marketing strategy and you just keep going with it. So thank you so much for that, Jen. That was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we all have our what now moment after leaving our nine to five, you know, once you left your teaching gig or maybe after you left all your other new ventures, what was yours like and how did you handle the what now moment? (sighs) I actually can like visualize and sadly I posted this on Instagram like, I don't know, seven years back. Please don't scroll back, but you can find this post. If you really wanted to, I, and why why I decided to post this, I have no idea, but I was sitting, I had resigned from teaching. We didn't have any kids yet. I had been working on my business. I had been, I think I had probably just, I don't, I don't even know what I had just done, but I, I had a moment where I was sitting in a coffee shop here in town and I had my laptop all set up, my coffee and felt like this was Instagram worthy moment. And I applied some horrible filter and I had my calendar laying out. And the only thing written in my calendar was yoga at 9 (laughs) a.m. And I was like, yay. Wait. And in my thought, in my head, I was like, yay, what? Like the only thing I have on my calendar is yoga. Like, yeah, that's cool for a little while to be able to have like a season of recharge and rest. And I'm all about that. But I, as I, if I remember right, this is probably like week two or three, and I'd kind of been like, you know, I'd been doing stuff in my business, but I hadn't really made like a all in decision to to really do this. And I posted this picture, kind of to to show, I guess, in my mind to show people, look at my life now. I'm so like relaxed, and I'm sitting here having coffee, working on business stuff. And the only thing on my calendar that I have to do is yoga. And I remember after I posted that picture, maybe it was a day or two went by and I was like, that is so sad. Like, Jen, what have you done? Like you, where are you going with your life? So I just, I kind of had a moment and I didn't, I didn't take that picture down because I didn't, I mean, Instagram seven years ago was not really a thing. And so I didn't really even think about it. But now I just... I I just look back at that moment and that really was sort of a moment that I decided, okay, I need to get real strategic with my time planning because I could have the tendency to just sit here and 
dawdle online and like talk to some clients, email some things back and float by and probably do okay making a profit. Or I could really hone in. I could get specific and I could crush it and I could make a difference for my family and I could hire people and I could build something bigger than just me and like a like easygoing planner. <laughs> and so I I sort of had that moment where I, I and I'm a I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I'm I'm like a go-getter, ready for adventure, super spontaneous. Everything's positive. I'm gonna look at the bright side of everything. And I just decided, you know what? I need to just let I didn't just let that be my motto. I am going to do it. I am going to build something big and I'm going to bring other people along with me, whether that's because they're working on my team or their clients I'm serving. I'm going to make a difference in just a couple people's lives. Like I don't need to change America. I don't need to change even my town. Like I just need to move big enough to be able to make change for those few people that I'm impacting. Yeah. I mean, just changing a few people's lives is a huge thing. If that's what you can do, that's a huge, huge accomplishment to have. So that's always good when you're helping other people. Now, Jen, going back right after that moment, that what now moment that you had, and you finally started to get on top of your calendar and really honing all of that stuff in, how did you land your first client? Well, so like I said, I had been doing a little bit of stuff in the summer. And originally, I had started by just asking my college roommate, like, hey, can I take y'all's engagement pictures for free, you know, just for fun? I don't care if you actually hire like a real professional. I just want to practice, see what I can do. And kind of repelled from there. And she really liked him. And so then she gave my name out to some other people. And one of her bridesmaids asked me to be her wedding photographer. But then I moved towns. And when we had moved, we originally had the ultimatum. My husband kind of saw, we got married, we moved. He kind of saw that I was now teaching full-time, but I was also, my business was pretty full-time at that point. It was a lot of client talking, a lot of managing other people. When in photography and weddings, there's other vendors that I needed to get pictures to or that had requests for things, and there were styled shoots, and there were just growth opportunities. And so we kind of saw like, yeah, you're only shooting maybe 20 hours a month, but you're also working probably 20 hours a week plus teaching. So when we moved to this new town, we kind of decided, okay, I'm either going to be all in teaching or I'm going to be all in photography. And I got a teaching job. So that's why I decided to teach. But as I was teaching, it was really clear to me pretty soon that I, I actually needed to be doing photography. That was where my gifts and my passions were at that time. And so I switched over and I've gotten on a, ra- I've gotten on a rampage. What was your question again? <laughs> what was I even talking? Where was I going with that? How you landed your first <laughs> my client. My first client. Okay. Okay. There's a point. I promise. So when I switched over to a new town and I had officially quit, I had shut down my website even and been teaching. So when I quit teaching and came back into photography, I really just kind of, I still had had one or two weddings because of the nature of weddings, they're bu- the way they're booked out. And so when I kind of flipped the switch and turned back on my website, 
I really just made a point of I need to meet people in my community that can not only be my friends, because now that I was working from home and I didn't have like a community around me of teachers and people, I needed to also meet people that had been doing what I had been doing for longer than me and learn from them. And so I made friends with a lot of venues, vendors, florists, people like that, and just I wasn't afraid to say, hey, we're new in town, but I'm a photographer and I would love to take some pictures of your flowers for you or do things like that. And then eventually they just naturally would say my name when they're talking to people. And I started doing some family stuff too. And so it really was just more of a natural thing that happened because I wasn't afraid to talk about it. I wasn't afraid to say, hey, this is what I do. This is where I'm investing my time. So I I really feel like a lot of times as adults, we just kind of keep our mouths quiet and and assume that people know that this is our passion and this is what we're doing. And and that's not true because like, like we already talked about, people are focused on themselves and focused on what they need to be doing in their life to succeed and move on. They don't always remember that you're the person that does X, Y, Z or post about you on social or things like that or tag you or very few people, very few of your friends will even remember to give you shout outs on social and things like that unless you're asking them. And that's where I really feel like clients, the worst they can do is say no. You don't have to feel salesy or anything. You're doing something you love. You're just, you're asking someone that you're close to for some help. And it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. And that's the most important thing is never be afraid to ask for what you need. You know, there's not going to be a huge repercussions (laughs) unless you're asking something really horrible. But anyways, that's a different topic. (laughs) (laughs) So Jen, I know that you and your family travel quite often, you know, before COVID happened. So when you guys are abroad, what type of international insurance do you use? Oh, uh oh. <laughs> we don't typically get we don't typically get international insurance. That's not the way you should do it. We have before, but the last couple of times I had just forgotten to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that terrible. It's it's kind of crazy because I hear this a lot actually from digital nomads and people who travel often even with their kids, right? But yeah. It's it's kind That's of terrible. crazy. Yeah, it's also it's insane because in the US a lot of people also don't have insurance, so a lot of Americans when they go to travel they're just like, "Okay, I'm not going to need it." But yeah. since COVID happened, now everyone's oh, like, "I need gosh. insurance. I need to get it ASAP because I've heard so many horrible stories about remote workers and digital nomads being abroad and they didn't have insurance or they chose the wrong insurance company and they didn't cover them. So that's even worse because already you're like freaking out about everything that's happening. And then on top of that, if something happens, your insurance company doesn't cover you. So that is really risky. That's why I'm really glad to be partnered with Integra Global. They 
help remote workers, especially it can be such a headache to find out different requirements when you need to really figure out what you need to do when it comes to health insurance. So they don't ask their members to build a plan because we don't know what we're going to need, right? I mean, who knew COVID was going to happen? Their insurance covers it all and everything is built in. So if you guys want to know more, check it out. It's IntegraGlobal.com and see how they can give you the coverage you'll need and maybe some you never knew you would because it's crazy times right now, guys. Crazy times. Yeah, I will for sure remember that name next time we finally get to book a trip, Integra yeah. Global. Exactly. And, you know, things are starting to open up now. You know, uh, borders are starting to open up, even people doing like road trips across states and then going down to other countries, too. So let's see what happens. So definitely go to IntegraGlobal.com because we're all going to need that. (laughs) So, Jen, let's go forward to about 30 to 40 years from now. And you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? You know what? That's a really great question. And I've been reflecting on that a lot, really, surprisingly. I feel like maybe a year ago you would have asked me that question and I would have just like sat with my mouth open and been like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) But I do feel like the past couple of months, so I had right in the middle of COVID and everything, I had our third baby. And she, I had two boys and then had a little girl and we were not expecting a little girl. It was a huge surprise. Even the way that she came into this world was a huge surprise, not necessarily the way I would have planned it. (laughs) But um, she has really given me a chance to reflect on what it is that I'm doing as a mother, but also really as a business woman, because I see her and I see this world that is happening right now. And I know that my kids are not going to grow up in the world that I grew up in. Like the next generation coming is coming into a very different time. And since this baby was a girl, I can feel a little bit more connected to her because I'm a girl. And I want to be able to in 30 years from now, I want my daughter to have learned from me how to be strong, how to be brave And how to just see success, not by the way the world measures it, not by the dollars in my bank account or my Instagram followers or anything like that, but see success in the way that she feels and the way that she and her brothers were raised. And I love what I do. I have a passion for helping other people make changes in their lives, start businesses, live life different, countercultural. I love, love doing that. And I love that I have the power to help people make change. But truthfully, in 30 years from now, I want my kids to be able to be strong because I was strong. And I want other people that maybe came in contact with me to be a little bit braver because I showed them what bravery looks like. And so really, I can't say that that any of that could be measured. I can't say that any of that is something that one day I'll be able to say, nailed it. But, <laughs> but if that is what I'm striving for, and if that's what I'm doing now, if I'm looking into the future and trying to build a life now that reflects that, then I think that I'm, I'm, on, the right, I'm on the right path. And I'm hopeful that 
that's what my kids see. And it's really hit home having a daughter because I'm like, she's going to have a rough time. Like all our, all our kids, like the next generation is going to have a rough time. Kids all over are being born right now amidst this COVID thing. And it's just such a different world. We, you know, you walk down the street, you walk into Target, whatever, and people are wearing masks. I never, ever, that never even crossed my mind that we would be required to wear masks and stay away from our neighbors and just different things like that. And so kind of without us really having any say in it, but I don't know when you ever really have a say (laughs) when the tides turn, but the tides are turning and I I do want to show that you can be strong and you can be brave and you can measure success in a way that isn't necessarily the way the world measures it. Yeah. Having a legacy for your children is obviously one of the biggest things that you can do because it goes from generation to generation and it'll last a lot longer. So that's always a great thing. So Jen, thank you so much for speaking with us today. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Oh, you can just hang out with me on Instagram. I'm Jen Brazil or over on The Unhurried Life, which is the podcast show that I host. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing all of your incredible journey with us. We really appreciate it. It's been awesome to be here. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jen. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares the first steps to starting a creative online business. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreatepodcast.com. See you there. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.